Assisted suicide, or aid in dying, which is the term used by those in favor of the practice, is legal in six states and the District of Columbia, but not in New York. Last week, New York's Court of Appeals, the state's highest court, ruled that there is no constitutional right under the New York Constitution to assisted suicide and that New York law prohibits it. The ruling is a bitter disappointment to proponents of the practice and was cheered by opponents of it, including the Catholic Church. Here to talk with us today about the New York ruling is David Orenlicker, the co-director of the, UN Health, the UNLV Health Law Program at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, William S. Boyd School of Law. David, um, this was you know, a, a constitutional challenge to a law banning, uh, banning people from getting assistance if they want to uh, put themselves to death when... Uh, presumably when they are uh, chronically ill. What was the court's rationale here? Yes, uh, it, uh, this is an important decision, and it applies to people when they're terminally ill. That The issue was when you're expected to live no longer than six months, at that point, do you have a right to say, as in the six states and the District of Columbia, that you don't want to continue living? And... Um, this court basically followed the U.S. Supreme Court. About 20 years ago, this issue came up before the U.S. Supreme Court, and the court then said um, the Constitution doesn't recognize the fundamental right here. This is something that should be left to the states to decide. And so Oregon, Washington, California, Vermont, Colorado, and D.C. have decided that it is permissible for their uh, residents. But right now, uh, following the U.S. Supreme Court, New York, and other state Supreme Courts have said, um, given the concerns about, you know, people misusing it and, and slippery slopes, if we allow people to get a prescription to take a lethal dose of drug, will that lead to euthanasia where the physician can inject the lethal drug? The, the courts have re, have not been willing to recognize a constitutional right. So it, it doesn't say that. So what it means is for New Yorkers to get the right that Californians now have, they would have they would have to go to the legislature uh, to authorize it. David, the court used a rational basis standard, which involves a strong presumption that the challenge legislation is valid. Would the court have come out the same way if it had used a higher standard? No, yeah, this is very important. Whether you, if the court doesn't see a right, it's an important right at stake, it uses what it calls rational basis review. And all the state has to demonstrate is that it, there's an important interest at stake. Well, it doesn't even have to be a very major interest, but we do have one preserving life. So there's an important interest at stake. And as long as it ra there's a rational connection between the statute and and the interest in the state, we, we want to make sure we protect life. And one way we protect life is not letting people take a lethal dose of drugs. Well, that is certainly a rational way. But if you had a fundamental right at stake, then the state has to show, well, there's, you know, no uh, less but the court would say less restrictive alternative. Do we have to have a complete ban if we're worried about people ending their lives prematurely? Well, what if we limit the right to people who are terminally ill, who are suffering with from pain? The same people who would 
say, I don't want a ventilator anymore. I don't want more rounds of chemotherapy for my cancer. It's just gotten too painful, and I'd rather not continue trying to, you know, have longer life. There's, you know, it's not only length of life that matters, quality of life matters too. And when we when we think about people who are at the end of life and don't want it, continuing treatment with dialysis or ventilator or surgery or chemotherapy, we let them say, um, I'm going to choose quality over quality of life over quantity of life. Well, if the state is comfortable doing that for people who are on ventilators and dialysis, why aren't they comfortable with people who want to take a lethal dose of drugs? Because you may have somebody who's just as much at the end of life, just suffering just as much, but isn't on a ventilator or isn't on dialysis. And so in that setting, the court would say, you, why are you choose, you know, distinguishing between these two, treating them differently? And, and under uh, when you have a fundamental right at stake, the, it, the court would come out differently, I think. Well, in, in thinking about the rationale behind this, the state's law prohibiting assisted suicide, the court seemed, the new, this New York court seemed to think that, you know, one of the, one of the bases that's rational for the state to prohibit the practice is that uh, there's a lot of possible abuse. You know, people who really aren't terminally ill asking for assisted suicide, people taking advantage of folks who don't know how to make decisions about this sort of thing, you know, various ways you can imagine it being abused. Sure. How, how does it work in states where it is it has been legalized? Yeah, well, this is one of the troubling parts of the court's decision. It's easy to understand 20 years ago when the U.S. Supreme Court faced this question, and we had no experience. Oregon was just getting started with its legal legalization. So there was no track record. Um, and so you could see why the court would be nervous. And when you go back to the right to refuse treatment, by the time the Cruzan case came to the court, we had a decade and a half of experience in the United States with people with turning off ventilators and dialysis and feeding tubes. So the court could rely on 15 years of experience and say, we can be comfortable recognizing a right. 20 years ago, you couldn't do that with aid and dying. All you could do is look to the Netherlands, and, and it's a different law there, and there are concerns there. But now we have nearly 20 years of experience in Oregon. And if there were problems in Oregon, you'd know about it. And the, the fact is there haven't been problems in Oregon. And, and we don't hear about concerns about Oregon because the way the law is written in Oregon and the other states, and they all have pretty much the same law, is you have to be terminally ill and you have to take the pills yourself and you have to be mentally competent. You, nobody can do this for you and you have to be terminally ill. So we don't have to worry about people who really don't have a serious illness choosing it. We don't have to be worried about people having pills injected in, you know, drugs injected into them without their knowledge. And and so, so that's, that's, why, think, that's uh, what I think is that, that, troubling it, about this you know, decision. It's something that courts ought to get involved in, or is this really a better thing for the legislatures to resolve? In about 30 seconds. Well, David, you know, it we David, still well, are it looks at, like we have uh, lost David, but well, we thank David uh, Orenlicker of the uh, UNLV Health Law Program for being with us today on Bloomberg Law.